Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus Three presented as ever by Omaha. Coming up in just a few minutes, the author of a scathing rebuke directed at Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett on the shelf for the next two to four weeks. At minimum, we're going to talk with the Athletics Steelers beat writer, Mark Cabali, and our pal, of course. He's won a Shecky Award in his past. We'll see what he anticipates for the Steelers' short-term future as Thursday night football and the visitors from Foxborough who have scored how many points, like minus four points or thereabouts in the last month, Eddie Spaghetti, something dreadful. Um, I mean, talk about dreadful. Your total in a pro football game in December of 2023 is now set by the professional bookmakers at 30. The New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, two of the proudest brands in pro football, nay, all of sport, expected to combine to score 30 points in this game. Mitchell Trubisky, Bailey Zappi, I guess. I don't know. It's embarrassing, that's for sure. Eddie Spaghetti, should the Philadelphia Eagles not be embarrassed but concerned in your book after getting housed in their joint by the Niners? The rhetoric goes they'll be fine if they go down to Big D and take care of the Cowboys. They're still going to win the division. They'll be the two-seed at worst. And, in fact, if they win out – they will be the number one seed. And so the Niners will have to pass through Philly. But is that so daunting to the Niners after what you just saw on Sunday night? That to me is the story. Everything else is a bunch of noise. The the Patriot, I'm sorry, the Chiefs losing at Lambeau is a story. And the Chiefs are underwhelming, but I still think with the possible um, wild card named the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not 100% sold on on them. I still think the Chiefs appear to be the team to beat. I guess you can make a case for the Jaguars here. I don't know if I how enthused I can get uh, about them. It seems to me that the Eagles, and this does set us up to have a little conversation about the college football Final Four as it stands. It may be imperfect, but the two best teams, it feels to me, maybe the three best teams even, including the Dallas Cowboys, are all on the NFC side. And I don't know that based on the result that we just saw that the Eagles, unless, say, the Cowboys or someone else gets in the Niners' way, I don't know how enthused you are about the next six weeks because the results are in. The Niners just dominated you thoroughly. How say you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to shy back from my preseason Super Bowl pick. Uh, I mean, they're only lost this year. The Eagles were to the Jets, which is like one of those, I guess you can hmm. call it fluky losses. Uh, maybe I'm weird or old school or something, but a, a loss to a good team in the early part of December before you hit like the the playoff stretch and, and a month from now, like maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe they needed a wake up call. Maybe they were uh, not playing great at certain things. They go, okay, we got beat by a good team. Probably the only team in our conference as good as us uh, right now, the Eagles are getting points playing Dallas. I take the Eagles with the points. Um, I know that Dallas, Dallas on a hot streak. They look great. Obviously Thanksgiving. And then, you know, the game was full of flags and stuff, but 
um, a tough matchup versus the Seahawks. And they, that game could have went either way, in my opinion. So I think the Eagles are the better team than Dallas. And they'll win that game. So I think maybe kind of a wake-up call in a sense. Um, I don't overreact to losses. Um, you know, Brock Purdy was, like, perfect in that game. Like, literally had a perfect passer rating. Uh, CMC scored again. Debo's very effective on offense. Like, they they are a damn good team. So getting beat by another good team is fine. I feel like if they played... 10 matchups like I would not be shocked if the Eagles and, and Niners play 10 times it's like five wins a piece like that's a kind of that's uh, where I disagree with you though see that you know that I I say that a lot but like in these in the you know two to four year mini era of head-to-heads I know that the Eagles whipped the Niners pretty good in the title game but of course everybody points to Brock Purdy's injury and the third string QB being in there with no Jimmy G so I guess you could kind of throw out that result what well, we just saw on Sunday in Philly, I don't know, you know, again, it, 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 you're assuming victory down in Dallas, but if they lose that one, you know, it, it, the Eagles lose that one. I mean, think about where we were eight days ago about this Eagles team and how they were the world beaters. And now I think that, I mean, they could wind up a wild card in the wild card round. They could wind up on the road in week one uh, in the wild card round of the playoffs. So I don't know how enthused you can be with the gauntlet that they would presumably have to run to get to the Super Bowl um, unless somebody else gets in the way of one of those real heavyweights like, like the Niners there. Speaking of how good Brock Purdy's been, the bookmakers are aware people are saying he's undervalued not really he's three to one he's got the shortest odds to win the nfl mvp right now dak prescott right behind him at plus 330 hurts now down to third at four to one lamar jackson is six to one mahomes plus 750 Tua, in a weird way is sort of like brock purdy people say the self-validation of like well he was mr irrelevant so people don't want to give brock purdy credit well then where's the credit for Tua already i think we decided a year ago, two years ago, the Tua was a bust because he didn't look as good as Justin Herbert. But Tua is barely ahead of his teammate, Tyree Kill. People are trying to give credit to Tyree Kill, and that's warranted. Of course, he's 12 to 1. Two is 10 to 1. I still think that the guy who makes that Niners offense go witnessed the fact that Kyle Shanahan, who can make any running back look good, went out of his way to go and get CMC. He's 15 to one. That's the key. I get it that when Debo Samuel's in there and George Kittle's in there, CMC hits another level. But I think the 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 straw that stirs that drink is CMC in San Francisco, not the QB. Either way, it doesn't look like Christian McCaffrey is going to get the award based on the way these uh, these odds are stacking up right now. 15 to one versus his QB Purdy at three to one. Um, interested to get our picks and we'll give you those later in the week with Kevin Hench that that Eagles Dallas game is massively important, but to the BCS or the BCS, I still calling it the BCS. How long ago did that thing go away? The final four, as you may have heard, it's Michigan and Alabama right now, the Wolverines giving a meager point and a half to Alabama. They didn't even win their regular season conference, Texas and Washington, the Huskies, our dogs, as it would be appropriate for a Husky, the Longhorns, are giving for to Washington. And as the last line in Full Metal Jacket goes, the dead only know one thing. It's better to be alive. Florida State is dead and very upset about it. And, and uh, zombies threatening lawsuits against I'm not sure whom for leaving them out of it. Are you happy with this spaghetti? Uh, let me just tell you my reaction and then I'm interested in yours is that there was no good answer to this. There were there were degrees of 
a little more satisfying one way or the other, but there were five or six or seven worthy teams and only four slots. Someone was getting screwed. If you're the team that knocked off the undefeated reigning champions, you kind of have to go, but you also have to slot behind the team that beat you head to head early in the year. That's Texas over Bama. Bama has to go over Georgia, right? So now you're talking about two spots left. You have to put Michigan undefeated who beat Ohio State in. It's, as I say, it's flawed, but there wasn't a gun. Somebody was going to be PO'd, right? Yeah, I I mean, the answer is it, Florida State has to be in. Like, it's just everyone else is right. Uh, obviously, Michigan being the one seed now with them winning, like that was a no-brainer. We all knew the winner of Oregon-Washington was going to get in. That's a no-brainer. Um, and then, you know, the best-case scenario for the fans would have been a Louisville victory and then a Georgia victory because then Georgia would have stayed number one sure. overall. They would have been in. And then Louisville beating FSU basically opened the door for Texas, if Texas won, to get in, be the first seven seed to ever make the college football playoff. But, uh, but because- yeah, we talked about that in advance. But as I told you, it happened. They would rationalize it. It's however they uh, uh, arrived at this decision. I told you they would leave Florida State out. And isn't it funny that I don't think there's a conspiracy afoot here among the committee but it is the more entertaining matchup that we got here. Florida State would be, you would know deep down, they deserve it. They ran the table. They didn't lose a single game, but we know Florida State ain't winning the national championship. That's the crux of it. You know, I like, you know, I'm a man of justice with this. I think Cincinnati Bearcats should have been in that final four, but you also knew the result before the game. That's the the paradox of it, right? Well, the, the problem is like that Florida State, I mean, they scheduled LSU, they scheduled people out of their conference and they won all those games. They beat right. uh, Clemson. They, they did everything they had to do. And then they're just basing it off of losing Jordan Travis. Also, another caveat was like that Rodemaker didn't even play the game versus Louisville. He would have been back for the game. Not saying that they would have won, you know, beat Michigan, whatever it was, but Uh, like they had the third string quarterback in, they won the game, you know, it was a close game, but they would have their second string guy. It's not like Florida state can't produce good quarterbacks. Like they're getting quality players in there. But if you're, if the committee comes out and says, we don't want them in there because Jordan Travis is gone, then why does the regular season even matter? Like you, the, basically what they're saying is we just want the, the highest profile schools with the quarterbacks that we know of, or we could trust in a sense. And I, I just feel like Florida State really was screwed over, and I know it's okay. Not who should have got who over? Who should they have gotten then? Florida State should. Uh, I mean, they should have gotten in over. Uh, I I don't think Alabama winning the the title game means that they should have gotten in over them. Um, I don't care if you beat like they were so their resume was so bad during the year, like the struggle versus USF losing their only big game to Texas, um, like I mean, the, the, the constant flipping back and between the quarterbacks, like the game versus Auburn. It was a miraculous victory, but you were on fourth and 31 and you needed a Hail Mary to essentially win a game versus a bad Auburn team that just lost to New Mexico State um, after paying them to play them. So it's like I'm not impressed with them. I know that Saban does his like kind of uh, campaigning to the committee to get an SEC team in there. Had more comments again this week saying that, like, you know, that you should always have the SEC being representative. Like, I don't agree with that. I, I think that if you go undefeated and you did your job uh, week in, week out, which they did, which Alabama did not, like, they should, they deserve to make it. So I, I would have had Florida State should have deserved. They, they should have been in there because, like, what else could they have done? And it's unfortunate they lost Jordan Travis. But um, that being said, yeah, this is more appealing to the casual viewer because you're that's getting why, Alabama that's why it and works. stuff. But, but it doesn't work in the sense that, like, the committee is really not being transparent. 
Like you, you can't, what is the point of having a committee and what is the point of having regular, a regular season? If they're still going to not value what you did. And I, I just, it, it, there's something fishy with this. Um, I think Norvell has every right to call like saying he's disgusted. I think that if like the Senate's getting involved right now, good. Like I, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> That's I, I don't, ridiculous. I don't, I don't buy it. it it's such a, it's, it's really like a fagazi thing that's happening that we're just supposed to accept. And I'm like, what I, there's no precedent for this. Like, how could you win every single game in a major conference when you're caught co- your conference championship? And then you're just being like, and everyone wants to bring up the Cardell Jones thing with Ohio state. Ohio state was a far better team. And, and Car- Cardell Jones did win as a backup quarterback. Um, but Florida state still has guys. They're still a talented team. Jared verse, the receivers, I, I just feel like you got to put them in. Like, I know it stinks, but we're okay. And best case scenario, they play a close game. They lose to Michigan and we move on. Forget about it. I don't know why, but like, I, I don't think causing this whole controversy by putting Alabama in, it doesn't really help anyone. It just makes the committee look a lot worse. Here's, here's what the final four as flawed as college football's approach has been is what, what it kind of benefits from. First of all, I think deep down, if you're not a Florida state, supporter and you know as a man of justice i think the seminoles should have gotten in power five conference ran to the table and all that um and so i I, but i'm also balancing it with objectively speaking michigan alabama is a fantastic game michigan florida state would have been a blowout and so while i think that justice required florida state go I also can see that there's not going to be a ton of national pushback as much as there already is, especially coming out of the state of Florida right now, that the thing that the committee benefits from is the college football fans at large are kind of like, as, as this settles in and this controversy diminishes over the next few days, people are going to talk less and less about this should have really been the Knowles and been like, Ooh, you think Nick Saban, Uh you think, uh, you think Milrow can, can do something against Harbaugh's defense and all that. That's going to be the conversation. And the other thing, the, the benefit that they have, even though it's imperfect and I, and I'm the first one to poke holes in their logic and their rationalizing to get the best matchups in terms of, I don't think it's about network audience necessarily, but I think they do vibe in that direction. And I don't think it's a lifetime achievement award just because the sec is usually the best conference. It wasn't this year. If you were honoring that, then the PAC 12 had Oregon, beaten Washington, I think then you would have had another headache, which would have been you should send Oregon and the team that ran the table in the best conference this year, the Pac-12, should send both of those teams. Um, That's not the way it went. But the benefit of doing it this way, and for the last handful of years that they've done it this way, is this is a very specific example. But imagine if in what was that, 2010 or January of 2011, by the end of that regular season, the Packers had emerged, even though they weren't going to win the NFC North, they had to go to Chicago for the NFC title game against Jay Cutler and the bears. But the Packers had come on as the season went on. They went there for the title game where Pittsburgh awaited in the Super Bowl, If you recall, Jay Cutler gets hurt and they have to put in Caleb Haney. And if BJ Raji and a couple plays don't happen for, for the Packers, you could have had the Chicago Bears going to the Super Bowl, but not with the team that won the division, rather with Caleb Haney surviving. Would that have been satisfying? The world would have wanted it to be the Packers and Steelers, but of course, the NFL would have been like, 
we're not changing the rules. Obviously, they got to go with who they have. Well, Caleb Haney, but that would have stunk. No, and you know I, what would you know what the result of that game would have been. So the so no. the NCAA has the ability to go like Florida State deserves it, but their best players out or their or their star QBs out. Like we can fix this. We have the ability to fix this in a way that the NFL doesn't. And that's how they arrive. But I think the NFL, number one, the NFL doesn't have a committee deciding stuff. So it's like you have to do it no matter what. I also think the NFL is more boring in terms of like that range of outcomes. I feel like college football, like if Rodemaker is playing versus Michigan, and I don't think Michigan is, um, I don't think they're by far away the best team. In fact, I have Texas. I think Texas will win the national championship this year. But I I think that if with Jared verse coming off the edge and having the two like Coleman and, and Wilson at receiver, like, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Florida state was in the game. Um, and, and I don't think that like another thing that's bothersome is like, stop having FSU ranked fourth as they did. And they even slid them back to five, even after a win. So it's like, well, if they had them, if they were the next team out, it's like, but then why, like, why wouldn't you just move Georgia ahead of them? If they clearly don't want Florida state, like they lie about the actual rankings to make them feel better. I told I you that's what was going to happen. Didn't I, I? I told I, you that's exactly where it was going to go. But I I don't agree that Alabama makes it a better game. I don't think Alabama is that good. I just I don't, I don't think Georgia's good either. I think they don't. This is Man. like what happens when you have a weaker team and then you don't schedule anyone, and then the committee clearly like they favor the early losses versus the um, or they wait rather the early losses a lot lighter than they do the the late season losses. So like Georgia didn't have anyone schedule on their team. The tougher games they played a lot of teams close, and then well, Alabama. That's what we agree on. And like it, Alabama, but like they lost their one big test and then they luckily you know they beat georgia who i don't think is nearly as good as the past georgia teams neither is alabama and then they put one like team in to you know satisfy the sec thirst and i just don't like uh i still think you would have had a similar quality game with fsu in and it would have just stopped all this nonsense because you're now like now going forward with this committee and if uh, hopefully they do expand to eight to 12 teams but what we're going to have this problem now with like undefeated teams who have a, maybe a lesser quarterback or maybe teams that are built more in the uh, the Iowa stance where they're like defense and running and not like we're just going to start let stop letting teams in who are undefeated who did their job because we want to see the one or two lost Alabama or one or two lost Georgia and that that to me it's like then what's the point then why even like why even schedule tough teams like it just it's a total nonsense you're thing singing right my song you're singing the song I've been singing for 25 years. Eddie Spaghetti. I'm not saying it's satisfying. I just am telling you that this is how they get to that place. And I can kind of see it. Not that they're necessarily tasked with giving the best ratings to their network partners, but you can kind of see how you can kind of talk yourself into that. And like Nick Saban and Alabama and boy, this team's coming on and Saban this on some level, like I don't like the lifetime achievement thing, but you can see how, how even a committee member who's supposed to be objective can get seduced by that sort of thing. Like they beat Georgia and the two time reigning champs. Like who cares what they did two years ago? Who cares what Stetson Bennett did 11 months ago has no relevance here. And yet you can feel them still leaning into that sort of logic. And without, I, I get it. It's imperfect. The bottom line is it's imperfect. The lawsuits though, make me laugh. That that's, that's the best speaking of lawsuits. And while we're talking about uh, undefeated teams versus one loss team being in the playoffs. Now let's turn the page back to pro football and talk with our guy from the athletic Mark Cabali about a seven and five team that's hoping to get into the AFC playoffs. 
in just about a month from now. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full the word Omaha and the word full and then you place your first bet up to $1,250 if you win great if you keep those winnings but if you lose you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona Colorado Illinois Indiana Iowa Kansas Louisiana Massachusetts Maryland Michigan New Jersey New York Ohio Pennsylvania Tennessee Virginia West Virginia and Wyoming New users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet $1,250 bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com slash promos for full terms void where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800 next step colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9 with it iowa call 1-800 bets off louisiana call 1-877-770 stop licensed through horseshoe bossier city and harris new orleans massachusetts call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117 Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia If you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, let's get to it. Black cloud remains over the entire city of Pittsburgh, PA, much like the one that hung over Acrisure for three and a half hours, causing multiple delays in the game. 
causing this fella to write his most scathing rebuke of the Pittsburgh Steelers that I've ever seen. I've never heard such acid out of this fella's mouth from the athletic, our pal, the truth teller about all things black and gold, whether you like it or not. Mark Cabali, how are you, fella? I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing, Sheck? Well, not as well as I was doing on Sunday morning when I really did. And you know, I'm predisposed to cynicism, even though. No, no. See, this is where we begin every conversation now. Somehow over the last five years, I have become the pie-eyed optimist where black and gold sports matter. I don't understand what gives here, but I really did think and completely understanding, as you referenced in the aforementioned athletic piece, Tomlin games are a thing. They have been for more than a decade and a half now losing to teams that there is a clear advantage in personnel for the Steelers. Here we are again, Kyler Murray. I put this, you know what? I like to make a list, Kabali. Where does this loss stack up among the worst Tomlin losses? Let's just do regular season because the playoffs are another we, matter. Are we doing home? We're doing Heinz-Akershore uh, or road games too? Whatever you, whatever your pleasure. Go have, you know, the have bat, at it. The, bat, the worst one I think might have been the December, hell in December, unleash hell in December game in Cleveland. Cleveland was maybe one in twelve at the time. Right, they just lost to a bad Oakland team at Heinz Field. He's unleashing hell in December, and they go up to Cleveland and lose to like Brady Quinn, and the, ended up being like the one in fifteen. That was the Josh Cripps Thursday night game that was like zero degrees, right? Yeah, it was like negative seventy five. I was walking from the. Uh, from the parking lot to the stadium, the wind was blowing so hard. I was walking and I was going backwards at the same time. That's how bad it was. So it, okay. that was probably the worst. That was probably the worst one. This is at least the top five, top four, maybe. I I think you can make a pretty powerful case that this is the worst one. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. I mean, the Michael Lennon one in 2014 to a 2-14 Bucks team rallying from a touchdown down twice, including in the fourth quarter against the, uh, against that defense. That was lousy. You know what? I'm going to get upset, and I want to talk about the here and now, which is upsetting enough. First thing, because there's a lot of bad stuff going on right now on the banks of the Three Rivers. Is this, let's just try to, let's lean into it. Let's Let's acknowledge the reality here. Is this the worst moment? in Pittsburgh sports that you can remember? I have one answer that I think is worse. Pittsburgh sports or Steelers? Well, listen, Matt Canada has ruined the Penguins' power play. Um, <laughs> the the Pitt basketball team is not doing as well as I would have hoped. They've lost three out of four. People are transferring, transferring away from the dues. Uh, the Pirates are the Pirates, and the Steelers just lost to the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, is, is there a worst moment that you can recall in Pittsburgh sports history? Well, not to totally, I guess, in totality, when you put it that way. You can't get much worse than that. I would say the worst single game of all time has to be the 92 NLCS, right? Well, if you want to if get we're looking at one game... Yeah. That's by far the worst moment in Pittsburgh sports history. By far. 
I think that right. You could make well. Listen, we we can go back and forth and and never be wrong between because uh, there have been a lot of painful moments. David Volick preventing sixty six Lemieux mm-hmm. and company from a third straight Stanley Cup and a different status in all time NHL teams went out the window with that loss. The Patriots dynasty never happens, and history does happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers if rookie Ben Roethlisberger and company beat the 13 and three Patriots in 2004, rather uh, the January of 2005, one degree at kickoff for that one. You were in the <laughs> joint for that one. So was I, they win that one, go to the Super Bowl, beat the Eagles. It's an iconic victory, Keystone state battle. And also they vanquished the Patriots who, like I say, never really fully achieve dynastic status. <laughs> and the Steelers return to their place there if they win that game. Oh, listen, you this know is what? upsetting. It, wait, wait. It sounds like you've never thought of this before. No, you're right. right. Just, to- just, right. just off the cuff. Off top just of your head. The- you sounds like you like lay in bed at night and just toss and turn. 2001, Belichick, Rodney Harrison. <laughs> just going crazy there. What happens in my bedroom is my <laughs> business. Stay out of it. Come on. That's not yours. I plan on it. Now, listen. <laughs> Now, listen, what do you make of uh, Ken Pickett doing his best Mark Caballi impression now, walking around with a with a walking boot on his foot? Yeah, I'll say you. Do you feel like he's stealing your bit or are there other concerns there? They all want to be like me, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, he had surgery on Monday here to it's a high ankle sprain. So apparently you can go in there and try to speed up the process of the healing through surgery. Um, Tomlin isn't quite ready to rule him out for the year, but. For all intents and purposes, it's pretty much done for him, right? Best is that case. right? Okay. Well, I mean, best case is, scenario. That's kind of news that you're saying. Listen, I see well, now you're leaning more to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kabali, and you can tell me. I feel like you have become more cynical over the course no. of the last four months. I'm not talking about the last three years. Uh-huh. I'm talking about right now. You've gotten more neg. You you declared that the the um the way you tagged. Like I say, your rebuke of these Steelers was that, well, you can't expect the playoffs now. Like, they're, they're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, they are. The Browns just lost with Joe Flacco. Look at the standings. They are going to wind up in the playoffs. I'm sorry to tell you. You disagree with that? They're going to the playoffs? They're going to have to win three of their last five, right? I mean, that means they got to go to Indy to win or they got to go to Seattle or Baltimore and winning. And after you, what you saw on Sunday, do you have any confidence that will happen? Well, listen, you're asking rhetorical questions, and I want to ask you questions about that. Yes, I do think it comes down to that Colts game. I think that's massive. And Gardner Minshew, I continue to wait for him to turn into a pumpkin so far. He has not obliged me. But does it really matter when you can't beat the Arizona Cardinals in your home joint? I mean, that's like, it's hard. It's a week-to-week league, as you know. And the... Devil's Damashek of any um, cynicism I have towards these Steelers is look at the Kansas City Chiefs losing to Jordan Love and the Packers on Sunday night football. Look at the Chiefs in general. Are you are you in awe watching that team play this year? I mean, it's the Niners. The Eagles just got whipped on their home field by the best team in football. But I mean, there are my recurring point is there are three to five fan bases right now. They're like. Hey, our team's really good, and there's reason to be excited. Everyone else, including the defending world champs, who still have Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the world on their roster, feeling down in the dumps or 
or something otherwise, uh, something other than um, pie-eyed optimism about the state of their pro football team right now. And you're saying this after you watched that game yesterday, right? How poorly they played that they can go out and win these games. Sure, they can win them. But, I mean, let's look at the previous, what, 11 games. Is there any – or the previous seven wins. Any of them jump out there as, as impressive wins to you? No. Out, outside of the Niners no. doing what they've done to pretty much everyone outside of their little three-game snap, cold snap, and the Dolphins hanging 70 on teams, that's my point. If you only watch one team play week in and week out, you would be entitled – to being a little feeling a little blue, but when you pick your head up and look around, who is uh, Tom Brady was right. Is the, is the, uh, the above the line message right now for the 2023 NFL season. It's mediocre. At best mediocre, right? I'm not talking about the Steelers. You understand well, I'm talking yeah. about the NFL. Well, the NFL is very mediocre. Even, I mean, the entire AFC, right? I don't even yes. think there's, an, there's not one team, but we're talking about a team that's been can't even put together 14 points a game. They're averaging what, like 15 or something since the change. It's been what 13 points a game out gained in nearly every single um, game they've played. Their defense is banged up so bad that you're going to see guys like Blake Martinez and Miles Jacket inside linebacker this week. Retiree, right? Yeah, Two. I mean. It just seems like it's too much to overcome right now. Your quarterback's gone. You got to go with Mitch Trubisky now, right? If you're the opposing team, you now force no. You them and I, I think you ball. and I, I think you and I park our cars in the same garage. I think we would both go Mason Rudolph, right? Yeah, that ain't happening though. No, but I know that, it's not going to, unless think, he gets hurt. I think you know what? I think if it's a short week and Mason's only been doing scout team, so it might be tough this week. But if if, if Mitch has a you know. Craps to bed this week. I would be shocked if Mason getting that chance against uh, in Indianapolis. So I would go with him if if that's the case. But sure, they can win and make the playoffs. But you're asking a lot of them put together, you know, three, four wins out of their final six games, especially with the flawed offense, the flawed defense, a hurt defense. A team is very inconsistent. So I put them at six, seven wins to start the season. And they might be a little bit better than that, but they're still just middle-of-the-road team. I put them at 11. They are going to get to 10. And were it not for number eight. Yeah, that's right. Buy it wide them at 11. They're going to get to 10. You're you're saying Patriots are going to beat, the Colts are going to beat, the Bengals are going to beat. I'll get them to 10. Who cares about the uh, Seahawks and Ravens? Uh, Well, like you, I, you know, I'm a little more liberal about it than you. You never like to look at the schedule and count the next six weeks win losses thing. I think it's especially silly when people are doing it in April. But okay, we can do that now. We can see the finish line here and kind of project out. Yeah, I do think they're going to get to 10 wins. You are really down in the dumps about this team. So let's blame assess here. It is a roller coaster and a, a, a gentle one at that. This ain't exactly the, uh, the steel curtain for uh, Kennywood enthusiasts out there. I'm trying to think of a, a more national roller coaster uh, outlet. But anyway, yeah, this is more gentle in its uh, undulations this year, even in success. 16 wins against the Joe Burrowless Bungles team. And there was a, a, a civic 
uh, parade just about for for what the offense looked like posting, like I say, those 16 points. Now you lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so it's a little bit of still of a roller coaster here at seven and five. Blame assess for me. Is this about the roster overall? Is this a coaching issue specifically, you know, on one side of the ball or the other overall, or is it, and I'm going to remove when I say overall roster, I'm going to isolate just the QB since it is still the QB league blame assess for me. What, why is this team not achieving what the people who had, who were leaning more um, optimistic in, you know, late August, what, what, what is the reason why they have not achieved what, those thought they might those well, people think, include me by the way too i think we overestimated how they how good they were going to be because of what we saw in in august i think that's problem number one we thought they were going to be that team that went uh, you know five touchdown drives five touch uh five touchdown throws by kenny pickett in the preseason we thought that's what this team was going to be we were looking at some of the guys omar khan was bringing in and saying yeah this is a deep roster but I mean, we tend to get fooled by just some names here and there of what who they were able to bring in. They're still flawed in some areas here, and I think that's the number one problem. I, uh, overall I depth. The number one issue yes. then is overall no, roster. I think it's depth. I think it's talent in certain locations. I think they're just first of all, it's quarterback. If the quarterback played better from start from the jump, they'd probably have nine wins, right? I would think. I think he, I mean, he was, he's been awful, number one. Um, I don't know if you're going to blame that Matt Canada, but they haven't looked much better here, at least against Arizona as well. So um, I think that's probably a, right. Definitely it, it took, true took, in the Cleveland, at Cleveland game. I don't want to take through them one by one, but yeah, while, I think that's right. It took him a while to get the uh, run game going. Uh, that probably took him longer than they were expected. Um what were the I other positions, th- though? You reference, you say that they're that at the key positions they lack talent. Corner, well, corner the inside linebackers as well. I mean, the offensive line coming along slowly. All that stuff just adds up. And I, I mean, you, I mean, you can't say that Tomlin's blameless either. I mean, I hate to blame coaches for not having teams ready because I mean, you you look at one practice, you look at them all; they're all the same. There's nothing different. It's the attitude that somehow gets conveyed of why you saw what happened yesterday. And it might have been a little bit too cavalier of, hey, we're seven wins. We're playing two crappy teams. We can just go in there and win. And that has to come from the coach in some way. I hate blaming him, but he has to have some blame too as well. So it's just a organizational fail right now. However, this has always been, I think, been a rebuilding type of year. I always thought next year would be the year that they'd be ready to really go for, you know, division titles, a win or two in the playoffs. So I think that actually they're maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, but you can't tell people that around here, you know. They, well, they you've think, been con- you've been consistent with saying that. You did say, yeah. I mean, I thought uh, the, the performative crap about six wins. Come on. I mean, I, they exceeded that. Obviously, before December, barely, barely, what? right? You mean barely? I mean, well, okay, well, okay, well, they could have well, easily lost a lot of those games that they found ways to win, right? Last second wins against. You think they deserved that Cleveland win? No, the week two Cleveland win. 
I don't get into the that's the thing I I I don't get swept up in. Like, did they deserve to win that they game? They could win? have lost that one easily. Well, that's the right? flaw. They could have is, lost to the Rams again, too. Sure enough. And you know, yeah. in the you know, the as I consistently say, and Tomlin proves it in every press conference, his obsession with like the 14 point swing against the Cardinals that they have the ball at the goal line, go for it on fourth and goal, try to run it in fail. Then 99 point drive his fixation on that swing. And it was a massive one, obviously, but a, a, a high end team doesn't obsess over that moment. They, they see the forest for the trees and accumulate more points over 60 minutes, but he so fixates on that. Like that's, there's your game right there. And that is kind of indicative of the yeah. way he approaches this. It's all one score game field position kind of mentality with Tomlin. And it also shows the one thing I will say in Pickett's favor is as soon as he goes out, a bad snap for Mason Cole winds up a turnover and the game is over. The Steelers cannot allow for any turnovers. And that's the one thing that Pickett has provided. And I do think that that has ultimately inhibited his progress is the fixation, which I assume comes from Tomlin to then Canada to the ear of number eight, which is no matter what else, do not put us in bad spots. Do not turn the ball over on our side of the field. As soon as Trubisky's in there, that's exactly what happened. Isn't that a flawed concept, though? Don't yes. put us in position. Then all of a sudden you're only scoring 16 points a game because your defense has one brain fart a game and allows a 99-yard touchdown drive, and you're just trying to nickel and dime and not screw things up. I think there has to be a happy medium there where you do take some chances and do move the ball down the field. I mean, they haven't been good in the red zone whatsoever this year, mm-hmm. and you can't do that. you got to put up more than 16, 15 points a game in this league to win, maybe at not the case on Thursday against the Patriots. You know, three points might win that game. That might be enough. But for the most part, you got to put up points. But there's that fine line between putting up points and putting your team in poor positions. The Cardinals are able to convert that into touchdown. So it's a fine line. It's fine, as the great Bill Cowher said, it's a fine line between winning and losing. And there you have it. But Pickett I- needs to find it out. I mean, there was, there was times that he was hesitant yesterday, early in that game, of going down the field when guys were open. Okay, he hit Pickens, but there was a couple other chances he was like, uh, you just got to let her rip, man. That's right. You, me, and number 24, Ike Taylor, all agree. Just got to let it rip at some mm-hmm. point here. But okay, um, back to the defense. We make excuses that you lose the inside linebacker and it's been a recurring issue, obviously, since the Tom season started. Tomlin made that excuse about an hour ago right over there, so <laughs> we're not the only ones. I Now, listen, I hear you, but also, here's what the fan says, and you know this, is the hundred-plus million dollars um, spent on that defense. You do have future Hall of Famer Cam Hayward, future Hall of Famer one of the top five non-quarterbacks in the league currently, T.J. Watt, high-end performer Alex Highsmith. Uh, Ogan Joby is very good. Keanu Benton is popping. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick now back, one of the best at his position out there. Joey Porter Jr. looking good. Fits and starts as a rookie notwithstanding. Patrick Peterson's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame, even if he's not what he once was. What is a reasonable expectation in the year of our Lord, 2023, in a league that 
even the best players like Patrick Mahomes are not putting up the sorts of numbers that they typically do. What's a reasonable expectation for this defense? Because I can make a case that when you're playing DTR in Cleveland and Kyler Murray is very good, but the guys who are throwing the ball to are not very good. I can make a case that the defense should be, shouldn't have one, even one bad series over the course of the game. That's the pressure. That's the task that they're charged with, especially once Kenny Pickett goes down. Well, I think in years past, maybe, because I think the offense with, you know, the Duck Hodges and they couldn't afford it. Even the defense last year, you couldn't afford it. But this offense is a little bit better with the run games. I think you can afford to have that one drive per game. But when you got that $100 million, I mean, you can, you've seen teams, what they're doing to TJ Watt. They're just destroying him, man. They're just holding him and grabbing him and pulling him down. You could take him away real quick. Minka's coming back from missing a month, broke his hand. You can make excuses there. Cam Hayward, love the guy, Hall of Famer, but he might not be quite up to speed uh, where he was, put it that way. He was a dominant figure. He's not dominant this year. I, I would have to imagine coming back from a, a groin is the reason for that. So they might be a $100 million defense on paper, but I don't think they're playing like a $100 million defense because of those issues. And if you don't have guys like, you know, inside linebackers or, or safeties or corners, you, you can be exposed real quick. And I think that's what we're learning is if you don't have 11 solid players, it doesn't matter how much you pay for them. If you have one hole, they'll find it. And I think that's what's been happening. First of all, with the T.J. Watt uh, thing, he made a little remark on Sunday about that, that the league's out to get him or something like that. Do, I mean, do you buy that? Do you think T.J. Watt is being treated unfairly? It kind of sounds like he, what you insinuated there, especially I, I with the school marms who are the league's officials who have to call everything, no matter how irrelevant it is to the outcome of the play, but they're not throwing the flag. And you do see number 90 at the end of almost every play calling for it. I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded by the Odell Beckham experience, which has been over the entirety of his career. If he doesn't catch the ball, then by definition, it's P.I. because yeah. he has to catch. the. Is that it, the what T.J. Watt's doing? Is it gamesmanship or do you think he actually has a case here? Well, I think there is a case. I mean, both of those tackles, at least Arizona, weren't very talented. And he gets held literally on 80 to 90 percent in the dry uh, on plays and you can't call 80 90 percent of the plays right so it might actually be the, the defensive line the offensive linemen are, are taught that you know they're not going to call everything you got to grab him you got to grab him from time to guy like miles garrett or or any of those top pass rushers or edge rushers in the league but me watching him every day he could tell a whole heck of a lot and that's just him putting I me mean, tj's very quiet when it comes to that he'll talk like tomorrow and he won't say a word about it. He'll just move on from it. But to put that out there, it pretty much him saying, hey, guys, look what's happening over here. I would like to have a call from not time to time. And I'm sure he'll get more this week because of that. So I think it's calculated. Okay. So let's, uh, as we go back to like the blame assessment here, first of all, the roster isn't where Kabali feels it needs to be to be a championship contender. And obviously right. I would agree with that. It's not a coaching issue so much, but let's talk about that coaching. One more bite at that apple, if you will. It's gone on so long. And as, as, as we agree, 
there are a number we can tick through, whether they're on the road or in the home joint, where the Steelers have this ugly habit over the course of Tomlin's entire coaching career, where it's like, wow, they lost to that team. They lost to Mike Lennon. They lost to Bruce Gradkowski. They, now they lost to, to Kyler Murray and a bunch of bums. Uh, I, I know you just tried to answer it. What is the reason for that then? Because I mean, listen, Ooh, I've talked to Ryan know. Clark and and you know the, the those you know late aught defensive members, and they're like, yeah, we laugh about it, kind of like why can't we beat the Raiders when we go out to Oakland? Like it's it's kind of funny, but not that funny, fellas. It's kind of frustrating as a fan base that this keeps happening year after year. What is your best guess? What is this this kryptonite in Tomlin's otherwise pretty successful coaching career that that allows for these teams to to lose to teams that they clearly outclass in terms of talent? Well, the only it's been happening for a bunch of years, right? And yes. It's been happening for 12, 13 years. What's the only thing constant? It is the head coach. You can't say it's player X. The players of this team or totally turned over from the players from four years ago. And we've seen them lose games like in Jacksonville that they probably shouldn't have lost, you know, even games in Baltimore when Baltimore's playing like RG three, they shouldn't lose Ryan Mallet. Well, right. Yeah. I don't think that really applies with division teams, but the only constant is, is the head coach. I, but I don't see anything different. What I'm allowed to see on the practice field, he's still this, he's still yelling at him. He still hides him, holds him in a high standard. I don't know. It's just that I think we, we're all going to go to our grave just with thinking, I have no idea why. It just happens. Why does mm. the sun come up every, every morning? I don't know. It just happens, though, right? Why does Tomlin lose a game he should win every year? I don't know. It just happens. So that's well, where I'm putting because I don't have anything. Right. I mean, listen, the Patriots got shut out by the Bills and Drew Bledsoe on opening. I mean, you know, we can tick through upsets that you, you didn't see coming. It is a, a common theme that that is a through line in the Tomlin era, though. That much is clear. Um, but OK. Best we can. This is a seven and five team that I say based on what's behind them in the standings. This is not me touting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rather, it is the sea of mediocrity. They are going to make the playoffs here, I do think. But best you can. The goal is, as as uh, as the cynics like to say, like the standard ain't the standard anymore. It's about winning playoff games and winning Lombardies and all that kind of stuff. Um, what gets them? from here to there let I, I, clearly you don't think they're making a deep playoff run this year but what would allow that by you know next year at this time is it is kenny pickett the starting quarterback yeah. in 2024 I think, I think kenny pickett got at least two more years left in him just for the fact that you you invested a 20th overall pick in him you think omar yeah. khan agrees with that yeah, I mean, I don't think they have much of a choice right now. When when else are they going to get an opportunity to get a quarterback drafted that high? You know, argue, I mean, not even arguably, pretty much unanimously the best quarterback in that draft. So you got to give him time. He's shown flashes of it, but I think he got two full more years, two full years, and you can make a, a argument that last year it was, you know. He was put in a bad situation coming in late, no training camp, no preseason snaps and all that stuff. Then you can say they've been banged up this year. James Daniels, you like Roderick Jones. You might need another one there. You like the run 
opening game. You like Jalen Warren. Your receivers are talented. Your tight ends talented. Um, I think you need the quarterback to play well. And <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as so that. So you're taking a that's, very that's seat. why that's why I'm skeptical moving forward this season because you're relying on if any team they're playing is smart, you make Mitch Trubisky beat you, right? At all costs, he's the one that has to beat you. And do you have faith that that will happen three out of the last five games? I hear you on that uh, that bit of skepticism, which is why I go back to number two, as do you. And I do think that Tomlin will be a little quicker to to pull the yeah. trigger on that move if I Trubisky so. is is lousy out there. Although I do think in the short week and his conservative nature, I think it's Trubisky all the way here. I don't I don't think in a short yeah. week he's going to pull. He, he, uh, you know, but who knows what happens? All of a sudden, the teams that don't do anything, who knows? The Steelers could be in the locker room at halftime down 10 points to this uh, atrocious hey, Patriots hey, team. Hey, check. They're, they're signing Trace McSorley, so we got that option, right? Oh, that's nice. Okay, yeah, yeah. I saw <laughs> I saw that big news. That's uh, that's dynamite stuff. Um, they, I mean, the solution, the, the, the solution that I find uh, uninspiring because then it – prevent you from getting say Amalu and James Daniels and guys like that in all likelihood is to go out and offer $40 million to Kirk Cousins this offseason. No, come on. I'm I not I, saying I want that. I'm saying people will float that as the solve. They're they're not they're not that close for the 40-year-old who's gonna have to learn a new system coming off Achilles injury, who's uh been, you know, a older version of Kenny Pickett, right? Hasn't he? He's got a bigger arm, probably. And what, yeah, what, does he, what, what does he ever want? I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but what does he ever want? Okay. Uh, listen, I'm just devil's damashacking at you, and you're uh, <laughs> giving me the Kabali uh, news here. Response to it. What about like Bo Nix in the second round? Is that a worthwhile expenditure, or do you need to beef up at the line of scrimmage as Andy I, Weidel is inclined I, my, to do? My myself, that goes straight to the offensive line. Try to find yourself another tackle, another guard, a potential center. I don't know how where those guys fall in the realm of the draft choices right now. So I would definitely be beef up that offensive line, protect your quarterback, be that guy, be that team that wants to run the ball. I mean, you need some help on a defensive line. I think the skill positions are something you can find somewhere else if you need them. But pretty much all the skill positions are coming back next year, right? They should all be coming back next year. So I would go offensive line, bolster that. But where are you going to get one if you make the playoffs and you're drafting 24th? You're do, you buy that, much, right? do you buy that uh, fan-based uh, call for to get out of the purgatory and tank? It's never going to happen, of course. No. People would like to see the I, Steelers. I don't know why but, you would want to tank. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, want I, to. I'm saying weirdos are calling for how, it. How do you even tank? Is oh, I, I mean, I don't you even know how Trace McSorley. That's how. Uh, well, I think the Cardinals were trying to tank, too, and they won. I know. Yeah, I, right. I really do. I, I think legitimately, yes, they're not good enough at tanking. I think they're trying to hold up Kyler Murray and they're trying to tank at the same time. The Bears, they could have tanked some more. They won. What about that? What about that as the solution? Justin Fields, still on his rookie deal. Option is uh, is nigh, but Justin Fields is more talented than Kenny Pickett. Ergo, Khan should do what he needs to do to get a guy <laughs> like that. It could. I mean, depending on what the price would be, if you can get him for somewhat cheap, if it's a third round pick, I don't third know. Third round throw, pick, right? I'm just throwing things out there. I mean, he wouldn't cost that much because the 
the prorated signing bonus is paid by Chicago. But then what would you have a year to make? He would have to be the starter. I mean, Kenny Pickett would have to be automatically demoted to number two if that goes down that road. And maybe, who knows, maybe the Bears are a little bit hesitant making a move with the Steelers, but maybe Ryan Poles is not even there. You know, maybe he's gone, so maybe they will make the move. I mean, I know Tomlin loves him. I know some of the scouts like him, but to be able to make, yeah, to be able to make that move, a lot of things have to fall into place. And I I just don't see it right now. It's difficult to get out of the situation that they're now in on some level, right? With Pickett. And, and I feel like, you know, I was once uh, in a, uh, what's that called when you, you get in the, um, in the tide, the outgoing tide of the ocean, and you can't get out of it, and you can't get back to the shore. Riptide. Riptide. I got caught in a riptide. Wait, you live in L.A. and you're asking the guy I couldn't remember Pittsburgh what it was called. I'm sorry. I'm about the riptide. Yeah, listen. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm more worried in, well, in Kenny Rick, Kenny hey, Pickett you, letting it rip than rip. Did you go to right Did you go to Ocean City when you lived in Pittsburgh for summer? Ocean vacation? City, Maryland. Yeah, every year. Every there year for about eight, ten years. We went all out Pittsburgh, there. All Pittsburgh just goes there for J- June and July, yes. Rehoboth, eat the Nicobolis, eat those uh, <laughs> those good calzones that they make there. Uh-huh. Had the Bethany Beach, Delaware, all of it. Yeah, lo- love it out there. But now yes. the Pacific has real bad riptides. So I got stuck in one one time. And the panic that ensues of like, I can't get to shore going this way. So then I turn my body around to see if that would make it. And I like, then you realize like, well, that's illogical. Now I'm swimming closer towards Asia, not towards the shoreline here. But that that panic that ensues, I think that's what people are in right now. Like, this is not going well. What what with Pickett? What should we do here? And the answer is nothing is what I'm hearing from you. There's not, there is no solution. Let her ride for two more years. See what happens. Now you're, you're having a risk there, right? Cause you're losing some valuable years off of Minka, TJ, um, Roger Jones and all the guys, maybe, maybe Deontay's not around then, but I think that's the best case scenario right now. I mean, you have to understand too, though. Unless- is that the, but is that, the, is that the best plan that, that is, you're saying that you I think, think that's, it what, is. that's what the Steelers are going to do. I, th- I think it is right now because I don't think you're going to be in position to take a quarterback that would you would know be, have be better than Kenny right now, right? I, I don't I don't think there's anybody in this draft class. Maybe there is, and I don't know about. But quarterbacks usually go pretty quick, even if there are even some question marks surrounding them. They go quick. So uh, I, I don't think they would do that. But one thing you do have to worry about is, is a wild card and all this. This is now six injuries from Kenny in 24, 25 games. Four times he left this year because of injuries. That's – when do you get to the point where you're like, yeah, this guy's brittle? I don't think I'm there yet, but you have to keep an eye on it. What's chicken or the egg? Uh, broken eggshell, I guess, uh, with with Kenny Pickett, because um, he he did beef up this offseason to uh, try and offset the two effect of getting uh, you know uh, hip tossed the way both of those guys did in 2022, and it led to concussions for both of them. But I, what I see with Pickett is that my biggest concern with him is that he seems flat out just on a human level spooked by the pass rush. It seems like Absolutely. he just doesn't want to get tagged by these guys that are moving as fast as they are and the, the, you know, seeing ghosts or whatever. I mean, he is, he bails on, on relatively clean pockets. I don't know how you ever fix that. Yeah. And you talk to any of the, 
the scout, not scouts, but the experts, like the Dane Bruglers of the world. Mm-hmm. They said that's what his issue was in college. Never trusted his offensive line. Uh, always bailed out and not sticking in there from time to time, ignoring the rush. And that was a problem most of the season. He did a little bit better against uh, Cleveland, not Cleveland, Cincinnati when they won that game. But that's been an issue. I mean, that's not something that's new. They try to work on fixing that, talking to Sully, the other Sully, um, in the offseason back in here in uh, April during OTAs. He said they were working on that same exact thing because so – they knew that it was an issue that they were trying to uh, fix, and that that's been the biggest problem, I think, with him. He just needs to mm-hmm. be oblivious to what's around him, and that's easy for me and you to say, sitting in front of our computer, right? Rather than having, you know, three hundred and fifty pound, uh, whoever it is, Jordan Davis coming at you, you know. I keep Eagles. saying it. He does not like. I mean, just like physically, when they are close to him, like within five or six feet of him, as uh, you know, obviously the line of scrimmage is for him. I think he just doesn't see over it. I, I don't think he sees like ten or fifteen yards depth. I don't. I think he is consumed by that. That's why he is always looking out and bailing to either side with that fade to his right or his pirouette to his left. He's always trying to bail that line of sight, which is the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Either way, let's move plus on a, and be plus done. Plus the small hands, right? Oh, forgot about the small hands oh, thing too. Right, right, right. Maybe tell him to do the reverse Samson. It couldn't hurt. Like he's he always is doing that hair flip on the sideline. Tell him if he goes bald, then he doesn't have to worry about that. And he can be a hundred percent locked in on ball, not hair. Think about it, Kabali. He would probably be interested with your fashion sense. He would probably uh, uh perk his ears up. Like, well, if Kabali says yeah, this yeah. is a good fashion move, go go, go, with, go with the you know, the gray hair and all that stuff. I'm sure well, I got go that. For, you can see I got I'm, that going. I'm, I'm, you got that. Um, little, you got that little uh, just for men gun, I think, right? No, how dare you? You're not the first <laughs> to accuse me of that. Why would I dye my hair? Why? I, I, look at me. I've got gray beard. Wait, wait, how, gray, how, how old are you? How old are you? I am 68 years young. Come on, you're probably in your 50s, right? You tell yes. me you got that nice brown set of hair. Come on. You think this is dyed hair? Are you really accusing me of dyeing my hair? How would I get it to be gray on the sides like this then? You're like Rich Walsh. You dye your hair. <laughs> now that's a handsome mane of hair for people in Pittsburgh. They'll get that reference. Okay, last couple things. So to the here and now, Steelers, somehow after all this, laying six. Imagine being the Patriots and seeing what the Steelers just did against the Cardinals and looking at them and like, we're plus six against that team. <laughs> and the total on this one, again, in the year of our Lord, the Patriots have won Super Bowls this millennium. So have the Steelers. And yet the total on this game is 30 points. It's very sad stuff. Will the Steelers <laughs> survive this game? That's a little high, and right? Probably, probably. <laughs> but how low could they set it? They combined for 10 points last week. Um, I think this is, you know how the Tomlin game is? Yeah. Uh, in losing, this is the Tomlin game in reverse. Okay. The short week. Everything against you, quarterback hurt, um, playing on Thursday night, prime time. He always wins these games. Always. Okay. That's the reverse Tomlin. So I'd still probably stick with the under unless you're expecting this defense to score about two touchdowns. But I think they'll win this game. I think it'll be like 17-7, but it's going to be ugly. You might not watch the whole thing. Uh, Amazon might want their money back, but uh, – and they'll you come imagine out of, how Michaels 
They'll be coming out of this, what, eight and five, heading to Indy for a huge one, not only in standings, but conference standings and potential tiebreaker. That's huge it, man. They, huge, they win huge. that Colts game. I said that two weeks ago. You see that, well, whether you like it or not, they're going to the playoffs if as long as they win that Colts game. Um, it, what's vexing is had they won the game against the bum Cardinals, where they would be in the standings now. If if they were sitting at eight and four right now, America would be no wouldn't know what to do with same, same record as the Chiefs. Right? <laughs> they would they would have the that's same when it gets record funny. as the Chiefs. That's yeah. when it gets hysterical to me. That's what I enjoy for not just for the nation, but for cynical Steelers fans. Okay. Last thing is the your relationship with Tomlin. <laughs> Much was made about a month ago about like the Tomlin sometimes doesn't tell 100% truth to the media. Who decided that that was ever going to be the relationship between an NFL head coach and the media? I don't know, but I thought that was a funny thing. Like, wait, he hasn't been 100% uh, forthright with us on every subject? Like, it made me laugh. But do you feel like that if you guys met under different circumstances, you and Mike Tomlin would be pals? Well, my my first... Put it this way. I'll tell you what I tell younger reporters that mm-hmm. go into that locker room. Number one is nobody in here wants to be your friend except okay. that first and move on. So I don't know if uh, me and Mike Tomlin would ever be me and Jay Glazer. You know what I'm saying right there? But I've hung around Tomlin, I would say, at the owner's meetings mm-hmm. when he has a couple belts in and, you know, you have a couple belts in and, uh, totally different person than what you see on TV. Even when the camera comes off or before it comes on, he's a little bit different there as well. But when the camera comes on, it's all business. Uh, I threw a question at him today. He didn't like, he gave me a dart back and, uh, you move on with your business, right? And you go have a, you can have a good toddy at the, at the old Arizona Biltmore in, in March. Right. I feel like he doesn't sass you as much as he has. Oh, you, haven't watched, you haven't watched today's then. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. He gets you. But I feel like it tickles you. I feel like you like, oh, it, I, like I, tell him, I tell him at times, I said, I mean, I say sometimes you say some stuff and, you know, we call them darts around here, like a little dart. At you mm-hmm. When you dart somebody, I said, don't look at me because I'm over here laughing. <laughs> Because I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You know everything's going on. And I I just think it's so funny because some people take such offense to him darting them with a question. I just find it funny. I mean, I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to sit there and and sit on him and say, force him to answer that question or anything he is. He's a grown man who's been on this job 17 years. You're not going to get him. He's going to answer what he wants, how he wants. That's kind of, don't you see? I don't understand what 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 nuance is being lost on the world. Because in my heart, that's why I think it's so funny that it takes the same 13 to 12 score for them to beat the Tennessee Titans against Will Levis as it does to beat the Baltimore Ravens. So like the same thing happens <laughs> over and over again. And people go crazy. Like this team stinks. They're terrible. It's like, well, they keep winning games in the exact same method. Yeah. To me, it, 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 it tickles me to know it. Don't, but we- don't, don't listen to sports talk radio today in Pittsburgh. Cause the number one subject is Tomlin got to go. Oh, I believe me. I am. I am all the way aware of it. Last thing is you don't think that's the case or do you, you don't think no. that's, I mean, there's two things. First of all, it's never going to happen unless he wants to quit. 
that's where really I start with happen. everything. It's like, dude, they got to move on from Pickett. Like, well, they're but, not going to. So, so next, so next subject. What I don't know what you so, want. Like, but you so much has do? happened different in this organization over the past couple of years with the how they go about business, the GMs, the assistant GMs, how they trade for players, how they fire coaches. Is that next step putting pressure on the head coach where get something done or you're gone? I don't know, but it seems logical it would be heading to that point. Unless, you know, he's grandfathered in, right? I think I kind Art of Rooney, agree. I, but think, do you think- I think Art Rooney loves this when people say Three coaches since 1969. He loves that, man. I think that the Rooney family does love that. And rightly, it is a cool bit of stability that you have over the rest of the league. But if it doesn't yield results and I could see, like, is there a chance? I assume that Khan, Weidel, and Tomlin are thick as thieves. Is there any reason to doubt that that's the case? Because that's what I would think. If Khan went to Art 2 and said, like, Hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, Mr. Rooney, I think Brian Johnson up there in Detroit, if we could get him, he would be a 20 year head coach as well. I, I would never see that happen, ever, ever, no. ever. Okay. I'm, I, I'm I just th- floating out because this is what I, exactly I know is what's happening in Pittsburgh right now. So I got to fire Tomlin. Okay. Well, they're not going to fire Tomlin. So you can bellyache and pound the table all you want. That's not going to be the result of any of this. So why, why spend time spinning your wheels on this? Right. So, so that's the bottom line. They're just not going. To. Yeah. If anything, if anybody makes change into that degree, it's one art Rooney number two. And you're saying that will not happen though. I don't see any possibility that happened. Last thing. So you're, you're having a couple of belts with coach T there. <laughs> does Kabali come out and does he say, do you think, that the All Valley uh, Karate <laughs> Championship was rigged in Daniel San's favor. It was. Not, it's very much like the Final Four in college football. It's like, sorry, everyone's path to the final isn't the same. Daniel no. San clearly it was rigged for him, but no, no, it no, was no, for no, no, entertainment. No, no. It was how's it rigged for him? He not had rigged beat, for him, but Johnny, it was rigged against. He Cobra had Kai. to beat six straight Cobra Kai guys to win the All Valley Championship. Fucking, it's like Murderer's Row, man. It's like the two thousand eight Steelers when they had to play like you know in two thousand five when they had to win their last four games to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He had to he had to take on Dutch and Bobby Brown and Tommy, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, but that's kind of like taking on but, Julian Edelman and uh, and, but, and Wes Welker without Tom Brady. That's but not Johnny, Johnny getting Vidal in the semis was a little unfair, I think, because I think Daryl Vidal won the All Valley two years before that. That was a tough draw for Johnny. That's right. Though. Well, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I, that's what I'm saying to you. I, but I, what I really want to know is, I'm interested in your thoughts, but I already know them. I want. I'm curious. Do you bring this sort of thing up to Coach? He team? used to be. He used to be a huge Karate Kid fan. Is that true? Um, yes, I talked. I mean, once we first started, you'd see him at training camp at the what's that place? Dino's. And I remember talking to him about Karate Kid, and he was a big fan of the Karate hmm. Kid. I haven't really broached the subject yet. I don't think he's much into the Cobra Kai. But uh, every once in a while, I know he is a fan, was a fan of the Karate Kid movie. Okay, so. here's what we do. Here's what we do. If they beat the Patriots, because he's not going to be in any mood for it if they lose to the Patriots. But if they survive, the, it would be even funnier if they be, if they lost to the Patriots and you still ask this. Like, ask him 
whose coaching methodology and philosophy he vibes to more. Does he like creases or does he like Miyagi's? And then ask him the tough question about is Miyagi, in fact, a bully taking advantage of a poor preteen kid who's lost his way a little bit, having him do his uh, manual labor for him around the house. Don't you live in Reseda? Is that where Daniel? That's where Daniel LaRusso lived at. And you're ripping on one of your own. I Listen. I want you to ask Coach Tomlin this just to hear how he responds. To it. <laughs> <laughs> no one will laugh, but but except for me, you'll know I'm laughing while you're red in the face. And Tomlin's like, I'm at work here, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're at Coach work Tomlin. there. Coach <laughs> Tomlin, go get him. <laughs> That's uh, hey. That was a year ago in Atlanta. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, listen. During these dire times, by the way, the correct answer is 1983 for Pittsburgh, the worst era for Pittsburgh sports. Chaz mm-hmm. Knoll was fading. Terry Bradshaw was done. Cliff Stout was, uh, or Mark Malone was the choice of quarterback there. Wasn't that the resurgence of the Pitt Hoops team, though, right around the Roy mid- Chipman, Dr. Roy and company had yet to really ascend. Uh-huh. They were joining the Big East as exciting. We didn't have Lemieux yet, so things were bad for the Penguins. Pitt football was bad. Pittsburgh Jackie Sherrill had already left. Paul Child in the Pittsburgh Spirit? Oh, Stan Terlecki. Look who knows his stuff. Listen, yeah, I'm not is, sure. I think they were decent then, weren't they? They were good. Yeah, they were admired. Uh, the the league over. Yeah, wore black and gold. I, I went over to the igloo and watched Stan Terlecki and company kick a ball or or two. Didn't didn't really didn't really dig it that much. But uh, anyway, listen, Pittsburgh Maulers. <laughs> I I went to one Maulers game. It was against I mean, Cliff Stout. I went to one against uh, Houston Gamblers, and Jim Kelly threw it for about 600 yards and nine touchdowns. <laughs> oh, listen, this once the NFL season is over and we can have a nice conversation about the USFL and spring football, that's when you come back and we figure it all out there because I can, I can talk for five hours about the USFL and it's uh, underappreciated greatness. Mike Rogier. Like Might Oklahoma, have been a Hall of Famer, I, Anthony I had, Carter, so many good a, ones. I had an Oklahoma Outlaws hat. Did you? Yeah, yeah I had I, San Antonio Gunslingers hat. Oh, I, yeah. you know what the the uniforms I liked were the Boston Breakers. The Boston Breakers, Chesapeake Bay. Then they go to New Orleans near a body of water, yeah. and they're the New Orleans Breakers. Then Portland, where it rains a lot, not Uh-oh. like the Lakers. They moved to a town. They left Minneapolis and moved to L.A. There are no lakes here. This is different. That was cool that the breakers went to three places that are associated with water because their brand was was water. So this is the kind of dumb crap we don't have time for. Go talk to Tomlin about it. Please consume <laughs> the next press conference with inessential questions. In the meantime, go read that uh, that great beat uh, that great piece from uh, Kabali. It's it's must read. It's essential stuff when uh, the NFL season is going now. Ravens catching them in the AFC North. That's a wrap, but I still think the playoffs are going to happen for these Pittsburgh Steelers, whether or not Kabali thinks it's going to happen. Good luck to you, Pally. Best wishes. Right, Don't rip any Achilles, and uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, hopefully. All right, brother. I'll see you. There he goes. The great Mark Kabali, everybody. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. What'd you think there, Eddie Spaghetti? I am still shocked that you are bullish on this team to make the the playoffs and uh, like just counting the the victories on the schedule. I mean, uh, it's possible you're not the only team dealing with uh, poor quarterback play. I just saw Joe Flacco play quarterback and we're days away from the year 2024. So not entirely against that. You do have some pieces, obviously, on offense and the defense is strong, but um, it's just not, you know, I, I wouldn't feel very confident about it like you do. I. I listen, it's based on, as I say, the standings. It's not that I'm overwhelmed by the way this team's playing. I'm just not overwhelmed by the way any other team in the AFC is playing. I guess the Ravens would be the one, but the last time we saw them, they weren't, I I wasn't wowed by how they played against the bum chargers uh, who just barely beat the, the Patriots. But anyhow, um, so last thing. So you were at the Rams game. I think that team is going to the playoffs, the Los Angeles. Rams now I think they Mm -hmm. have a real chance here they go to Baltimore this Sunday I do not assume that that's a loss for them the way Stafford slinging it around there and Cooper Cup coming on a little bit and Puka Nakua and all the rest of it I don't the the Rams are this sneaky underregarded team but after that they're going to be fit so I think the Rams are going to the playoffs now the Packers are in the playoff picture um, and the Vikes, at least some nice brands are going to flesh out the bottom half of the NFC, um, playoff bracket. Um, but did you enjoy your time out there at SoFi? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I know that you went and you had uh, a little more of a, a testy experience there. Um, did not see a single like fight, no cursing, no one, no fans getting upset with each other. Um, not a lot of, uh, you know, Rams Browns, like, the Rams are in a weird spot where the team could make the playoffs, like you're saying, and I do agree with that, but they probably know they're not really built to win anything. And the Browns right. having one of the weirdest seasons uh, imaginable where you're, you're guaranteed quarterback uh, misses the rest of the year and have some bad quarterback play, a lot of unfortunate injuries. You're having Joe Flacco, a former rival, play for you. They're just kind of like happy to be there. But weirdly enough, it was an important game for them as well. If the, uh, if the Browns won that game, obviously they keep their their playoff hopes alive. But the They'd Rams be in great shape if yeah. the Browns had won that game. Yeah, they'd be Flacco, in fine shape for it. Flacco had zip on the ball still, but the Rams getting Kyron Williams back, who's just been a beast since he's uh, healthy again, um, having like, you know, what does he have over 100 total yards in the game? And uh, he's, you know, been scoring a bunch of them. Puka, I thought, uh, broke his collarbone or separated his shoulder, but apparently it was just cramping. So he came back and was effective, had that long touchdown pass. Like you said, Stafford looked sharp. Um, the Rams could be a, they're a team that if they make the playoffs, 
like we I could see them maybe surprising people with like a first round victory, um, like something like that. They come in like spoil the team. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You throw Aaron Donald out there, and the, right. I mean, I could definitely see them being a disruptor in the in the NFC side, except for where we started, which is that the best teams are you know, this small handful of actually really good NFL teams are stacked up at the very top of the NFC standings. Um, either way. Um, okay. So, Oh, that, that's what I was going to tell you. You know why there weren't fights in the stands? Cause where did the Rams come from? Cleveland. That's why see circle complete. There were all Rams fans in that joint. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan and you're old enough, Maybe you remember the, I don't know. Probably you don't. Anyway, um, Kabali, we'll look forward to him talking to Coach Tomlin about the All Valley Karate Tournament. And we'll look forward to talking to Kevin Hench on Thursday. And of course, then once again, the 15 minute uh, pregame show will be, be available 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Before all that, Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacente on Waiver Wired on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I believe Sarah Tiana and I'll get it on for extra points. So be on the lookout for that and make sure you're checking out all the great stuff on the extra points network. We appreciate you checking out uh, everything today, including that Kabali piece. We'll talk to you soon until then. Thanks so much sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.